Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. Drink, 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 drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. We got some fun ones on today. We got Jeff Kirkham and Jason Ross. They wrote a book called Black Autumn. Friends of the show, look, you you know Ready Man already. Uh, They run Ready Man. They wrote a fucking awesome, hilarious, post-pocalyptic saga. Hopefully, it's the first of many. Uh, But we had them on the show. We just talked a bunch of weird shit about weird things in the world. And, uh, man, we had a good time today. Uh, But first, we got some sponsors who pay for this whole shit to be on the air. First and foremost, talking about BlackRifleCoffee.com. Whew. Daddy needs a little BRCC today. From my, I wish we could mainline it. I wish that they had that. I wish they had a syringe where you could just inject it into yourself and and just be on about your day. That's probably the future over there. Uh, but instead, we got cups, um, mugs. Uh, and I'm, when I say cups, I mean tin cups. They got old school tin cups over there that are fucking dope as shit. Uh, mugs. They got uh, coasters. You name it across the board. Uh, K cups. Bags, they got a, a bunch of amazing blends. Go to blackriflecoffee.com, type in the promo code Drinking Bros for a one time use of 20% off. If you're not on it, get on it, dude. Get on their coffee club of the month. Uh, next up, we got strikeforceenergy.com. Strikeforce is the premier energy drink in the biz. Nothing like a little boom, boom. To get you going in the afternoon, Strikeforce has got four amazing flavors. Talking about a lemon. Original, orange, and make America grape again. They got a 10-pack, a 40-pack, and a 750-milliliter bottle that rests on your bar top or countertop. And they also ship everywhere in the entire world. Who else does that? No one. No one. I don't, I don't even think fucking Amazon does that shit. But Strikeforce does. Go to StrikeforceEnergy.com. They have a subscription month, too, which I have because uh, it's necessary in these times we're living in. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros for 20% off, and that's good every time. Next up, we've got ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. Yeah. It used to just be ghostbed.com. Now it's ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. Is this the mattress that you and your entire family should be fucking on? Yes. Should, be, should you be fucking with your family in the same bed? No, you shouldn't. But you should have one of these in, in separate rooms so that way each of you can fuck individually and enjoy the comfort and firmness of a ghost bed. Look, we've all got these things. They're the best goddamn mattresses on the planet. Uh, their pillows are almost even better than that. I'm, I'm addicted to those fucking things. I sleep in a lot of hotels. If I don't have that ghost pillow on me, I sleep like death. That's, that's just me being realsies with you. Uh, ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros has got all the exclusive deals for Drinking Bros listeners only. Also, they have a pay-as-you-go plan, which is nice. So you don't have to buy the fucking mattress all up front. I wouldn't do that if I were them, but they are doing it. So good on them for doing it. Uh, you can also get like $400 off of bundle packages and shit. That is the deals for ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. Uh, go there, get a mattress, sleep on it, fuck on it, learn it, live it, love it. Next up. We've got CombatFlipFlops.com. Yeah. Uh, the Combat Flip Flops, you've asked for it. We delivered. Well, they delivered. Uh, super stoked. They, they even let us join up with them for sponsorship on this. Uh, some of the finest flip flops and, and, uh, and sandals on the planet. Uh, they're fucking made overseas. And uh, a lot of the funding goes back to help the peeps over there. They're just good dudes all the way around. Uh, you see, you've seen them on Shark Tank. Uh, those fucking guys are everywhere. Matt, Matt is always wearing their flip flops. We're always, everybody's wearing their fucking flip flops. Uh, it just happens to be a miracle that we're also partnered up with them. Plus, everybody who was listening was like, "Yo, can you get combat flip flops on the show so we can get a promo code?" Yes, you can. The promo code is Drinking Bros. Twenty percent off the flip flops. Boom! You're welcome. Everything on the site, twenty percent off with the promo code Drinking Bros. Congratulations, go nuts! Put them out of business, man. Uh, you asked for it for so long. They're saying they're delivering it, so go go nuts, Drinking Bros. Twenty percent off on CombatFlipFlops.com. Uh, next up, we got, we got Grill Your Ass Off. Grill Your Ass Off. Ooh wee! It is ass eating season. That means. That means. 
that the promo code Ass Eaten Season is in for 20% off. Typically, the promo code is 15% off. Now it's 20% off for Ass Eaten Season with the promo code Ass Eaten Season. They got seasonings for chicken, steak, pork, you name it, they got it. Uh, their beef jerky is also second to none on the whole goddamn planet. Man, I fucking love it. That sweet and spicy is my jam, dude. Go to grillyourassoff.com. Get a four-pack. It's all-American. All-American pack. You get all four flavors, and it's 100% USA meat. Go to grillyourassoff.com. Use the promo code Season for 20% off or Drinking Bros for 15% off. Uh, you decide, a kind sir. Last but not least... We're talking about GrenadeSoap.com. They're back. They're back, baby. Why are they back? Because it's time to start scrubbing your body like a real fucking man. All of their bars of soap are made with fresh and real gunpowder. So it exfoliates the skin and uh, makes you smell like a goddamn man. If you're tired of using your wife's bullshit scents and loofahs and all that shit, go grab a bar of soap on the rope at GrenadeSoap.com. It's actually shaped like a real fucking grenade, so you know it's nice. They've got a bunch of awesome bathing products for dudes, uh, but that soap, man, is my fucking jam. Even my, my son uses it. He loves that goddamn thing, so it must be okay. Go to GrenadeSoap.com and uh, use the promo code DRINKINGBROS for 20% off. And by the way, if you, if you want to go out and, and purchase uh, When Darkness Falls, he doesn't catch it. The sequel to At Night She Cries While He Rides His Steed on Audible. You're welcome. It's six and a half hours of magic. Oscar winner, a couple of Emmy winners up in that bitch. It's like listening to a six and a half hour movie. You're welks in advance. Now we're live from San Antoine. Let's get into it, shall we? Hi, how are you? I'm fine. I'm just waiting for, anxiously awaiting for emails right now. From who? Uh, rich guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that post. Um, first of all, is this real? Tell the audience what you've done today on Craigslist. Well, you know, Dave and I were sitting at our desks earlier, and I said, dude, what if we started a segment once a week where we just sat on set and go, this week on if we were you know, stupid fucking rich, what would we do with our money? And then I was like, how funny would it be if we took a full-blown blimp, dyed it red, put Make America Great Again on each side, and then we just flew it around Hollywood and L.A. Like for three days straight. Like we would pack (laughs) everything we would need for three days so it just wouldn't go away. Oh, oh boy. And the fact that I know all the, uh, you know, the, the aerial sheriffs, like, so I could get the airspace. I know how to, appro- how to ask and get approval for airspace. So it's like, they couldn't do anything. Man, like, I, I, I guarantee I, I, you the governor or the mayor would get involved. <laughs> it's, the, it's the I wrong people in this world that have money because this, this type of shit, like, okay, so whatever the opposite of that fucking asshole George Soros is, we need one of those on our, on our side who's funding shit like this. I would pay... Oh man, I would butt fuck some. I would murder. I would murder somebody to get that done. I just want to see that thing in the sky above <laughs> LA for for ten days. Because it like for ten days. Like here's the thing about LA that a lot of people don't understand. For as liberal as they are, they are whores, absolute whores for money. If you paid the right amount of money, they'd let you do this for weeks on end in LA. <laughs> <laughs> they really would. Oh, you know, city you know, would be I like, would just, sorry. I would just loiter right up at the hills and like right, right, right at the entrance of the valley. So it's just, especially like get real, real in there during rush hour. Oh, you know, I, just so they have to stare. I would just, I would cut the engines and we just float with the wind. I, I, can, I, I can tell you the exact places to fly it on the exact times of day. Like, that's how serious I am about this. You find out where certain people are working and oh. just hang out right outside their window so they have to see it. It would be like genocide. There'd be you so roll many heads through, exploding. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you roll through West Hollywood starting at around 
9 a.m. Because that's when all the agents are going to the agencies and all of that shit. And then you slowly move that bitch down Santa Monica right into the Pico area above the Fox lot. For lunch. For everybody doing lunch. For lunch. For all the cast, all the crew. Then you loop that bitch up to Burbank right around the two to three mark. (laughs) Right over Warner Brothers, the rest of those fucking studios just hanging high. And then right, right after that. Right around 5.58, because let's face it, nobody in Hollywood really works that fucking hard because they're out of their offices at 5.58. Then you shoot that bitch over in the Hollywood Hills. That's when they're starting to come home. They're coming home to those gated mansions with the fucking wall around it that they don't want Trump to build that's built around their own house. Then you start to slowly (laughs) fly it down that fucking thing. Then you go into the valley, you go into Brentwood, you go into Bel Air, and then you keep it in Beverly Hills for the night just so all of the sushi restaurants that are way overpriced Oh, I would put I would put lights on it too, so it lit up at night, like just this glowing red glow, you know, blimp. (laughs) Just uh, so, so so yeah. And then at at around three in the morning, we would just roll back to Paris, land, refuel, dump the dump the bathroom bucket, and then uh, just jump back up in the sky for (laughs) six thirty rush hour. This is a reality TV show. You need to have like the Google Maps car driving around underneath it, recording everyone's reactions. Uh, Well, call it triggered. Why I think yeah. Why I think this would be so funny is because if you were able to keep this thing in the air three days, the stupid shit that they would be doing to try and get it out of the sky. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, dude. Oh, yeah. It would be legendary. But here's the thing. You know, you personally are friends with somebody. We're not going to say we can't say his name on air, right? Jared? No, no, we won't. All right. But I, I can I can vouch for Jared on this. Uh, Jared's personally friends with somebody in in one of the big departments there um in la that uh, we were at a bar one night and you're like dude i can get my buddy to high fucking high beam us right here at this bar from a helicopter show enough that went down in the middle of the sunset strip at like peak hours it was like 10 p.m and literally the this entire table got beamed like right on sunset like people were going ape shit jared was a goddamn legend that night (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that that's the thing is is we'll also fly we'll fly with our own uh our own escort birds too that way if they do get creative enough and some weirdo is just gonna run a run a cessna into the blimp we'll we'll be able to get rid of them before and that would just be the funnier celebration of every time they tried we had already we had already planned two steps ahead oh and man it'd be so <laughs> good cessna. yeah kid rock is blaring out of there with fucking nugent right behind it on repeat well uh i know i i, I think i think our buddy danny is tweeting my uh my craigslist ad to kanye west right now <laughs> that'd be great kanye's down for the cause man he ripped the mic out of adam driver's uh hands on snl saturday night went on his trump raid I mean, he oh, was. Did you hear that? What was? What was? I haven't watched it yet. But what was Adam Driver like? What was Adam Driver talking about? Adam was a Marine. He was. He was hosting. He he didn't say anything actually. He was just saying oh, good okay. good night to the audience. And oh, cool. Trump. I mean, uh, Kanye gra- grabbed the mic and just said, "Hey, man, I think everybody needs to go easier on Trump. Everything he's doing in this country is amazing. Everybody's working together. We're he's really keeping America great again." And SNL lost their mind and cut the feed. <laughs> they cut it. Yeah, they cut it. And he he was wearing his MAGA hat. He was wearing his Make America Great Again oh, hat. Oh, it's wow. so good. Yeah, and he, Kanye alleges that the producers, uh, before the show started, urged him not to wear the hat on there. And he said, fuck oh, you course, guys. Of course they did. Yeah. Um, amazing. But hey, we've, we've got two voices on the show. Who do we have in studio today? We've got Jason Ross and Jeff Kirkham. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> How are you guys? And, and, and yeah, Jason's got some words for you, Ross. We good. We good. We j- I'm just off I'm just off the back of spending some quality time with uh when darkness falls, Mr. Mm. Ross. And uh, how great how, so how great is that I'm pretty randy thing, I'm pretty randy right now <laughs> spent some time with St. James and uh the crew, you know, and uh yeah, just just wrap that up, and uh, and Jeff, we're here with Jeff Kirk, because he and I just finished a uh, our own novel. Not uh, not not nearly as many mentions of dicks in our novel. <laughs> sure, try to keep it to a try to keep it to a minimum. Three, three, <laughs> three, three versus three DM. Thirty. Yeah, it's three DM in a in a in a thriller uh, science fiction. Uh, so That's they, awesome. They try we'll, and keep it to three what, dick minimum. Yeah. What's what's the name of your book? Black Autumn. 
You have to say it with a gravitas, though. Black. Black autumn. Black there we go. Autumn. I dated a black autumn once in college. Um, she was great. <laughs> she was great. Um, Did she change colors in the fall? No, it was out of season. So um, <laughs> she left me out on a limb. God damn it, I'm on fire. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> have you guys ever written a novel together? No, this is the first one. This is first uh, for both of you guys. We, no, well, first novel for both of us. Yeah, we'd both written a couple of books prior, but um, nonfiction. This, yeah. They were nonfiction. So, well, when does the book come out? Tell, tell the audience when the book drops. Come out yesterday. Oh shit! So Congratulations. We, we, yeah. So it's, it's available yeah. everywhere. Amazon, all that stuff. Yep, Amazon being in. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Awesome. What's uh, d describe the novel for us? So Jared said it was a science fiction novel. It's a post-apocalyptic thriller. So what we did is uh, it actually, like all great books, started over uh, uh, more than one glass of whiskey. And uh, Jason and I talking about, you know, it was one of those moments where he said, hey, how do you, you've been in the post-apocalyptic world, Jeff, you've seen it. How do you think it would happen here in the U.S.? And of course it was like, well, I'll tell you how it's going to happen. And uh, a little bit while later, um, Jason basically said, man, we, sh we should write all this stuff down. This could be a good book. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And, you know, three and a half years later, three years later, Black Autumn is uh, now getting published. Wow. And, uh, and, and every chapter, every chapter after the first couple begins with our Drinking Bros podcast. So every, and it's, we asked the question, what would Drinking Bros do? What would it become in the apocalypse? What would happen <laughs> if, if with JT at the helm, what would Drinking Bros become? JT super slammed during the apocalypse. Yeah, so in the story, I obviously have, you know, radio equipment knowledge and, and know how to do communications and build my own uh, mobile and, and, and transmitting unit. And I'm like the, the pirate radio of the apocalypse. So every chapter after the third chapter begins with my update of just broadcasting out to everybody of what's going on. Yeah, Drinking Bros radio in and tell them what's going on in the world. He blasts it out in total contravention of the FCC. They're trying to cruise missile his ass throughout the book. <laughs> you know, normal, normal Drinking Bros shit. Sure. But <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time Drinking Bros has been featured in a book. That's fucking yeah. rad. Well, I'll, I'll definitely pick up a copy. Is, uh, is Amazon your, your preferred choice? Is it Barnes and Noble and Books a Million, all that stuff? Well, we have some opinions about Amazon, don't we now, Ross? Yeah, we do. I, oh, boy. I, so here's the thing with Amazon. This is just real talk because I don't know where you guys are at. But the problem after what happened to mine, I would love to say fuck Amazon, right? But you can't. 90% of book sales come from Amazon. So... You, you have to play ball with them, essentially. Look, it's a lot like the Alex Jones thing that he's going through. Like, you know, you want to have a huge show like he has. You still need access to, like, Apple. Like, if, if our, for whatever reason, somebody took Drinking Bros podcast off of Apple, that is where 93% of our downloads come from. We would, we would be fucked. I, I, people would try to find us other places, but, you know, it's one of those big things you can't get around. So I'm assuming you are on, on Amazon, right? Yeah, and we started by not having a white dude with his shirt off running with a black chick on the cover. We I mean, it's just it's a Harriet Tubman. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, that makes it so much better. Right? I mean, I'm sure they just looked at it and said, no, that's Harriet Tubman. This is a historical novel. <laughs> Let it go. Historically accurate. <laughs> and, she, and she looks total, totally startled. Right? She's like, where's this guy taking me? Well, she should be. It's yeah. St. James Street James, obviously. <laughs> right. And she knows. She knows it's going somewhere weird. Right? You, know, yeah. you, you know, the funny thing is, uh, so Amazon owns Audible. They're trying to essentially buy out the publishing world like for is this by the way being dead serious um because they print on demand and they do their own shit if they did hardbacks i think they'd be completely being able to take out the publishing industry altogether um but they bought audible and the the book destroyed on audible and uh, i've got a meeting with them they're, they're thinking about picking up all three like a three book deal for for the next three of those St. James books, but it's simply because they own Audible and they're seeing all that money. They're fucking hypocrites, but you, you've got to deal with that stupid shit. Uh, <laughs> now, now you, you did, uh, now so when Darkness Falls, the Audible, you told me um, somewhere along the line that you, you brought in actors in the Audible, and did you, you did the same thing with At Night She Rides, right? 
Yeah, yes, correct. And, and I was one of the first ones to do it. Um, that the industry is starting to shift towards that now. And a lot of it has to do with podcasts. So podcasts are, have become so big that people want to listen to their favorite voices. So if you don't narrate your own book, you're actually doing... They don't like it. Correct. Yeah. And you're doing your book a huge disservice. Really? We, we, yes, absolutely. Interesting. And um, huh. so with that being said, mine has my books have the, the feel of a movie. So I was like, all right, well, let's just bring in actors for all of it. So that way you can go through it. I mean, I do like over a hundred impressions. So I, I do, you know, a bunch of voices myself, but the rest of them are all actors. And like with this one, it was so aggressive. They all signed NDAs. So I wouldn't say who they were. So uh, we got an Oscar. winner. <laughs> we got an Oscar winner to play Tubman. Uh, a couple of my buddies on the office are in there. Um, and, so uh, hold, hold on. Back to my question that I fired off to you. So when Harriet Tubman and and St. James are getting down, do you do do you do the hungry like the wolf, Duran Duran? I mean, oh yeah. How, how much does it get into the whole? The, the, that's a, that's a the sex. Scene? I don't want to. I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't read it. But it's it, to call it a sex scene is is maybe downplaying it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been honest about it. It's it's an S and M scene, but it's re- reverse. <laughs> but reverse. <laughs> it is it is Harriet Tubman reverse on the. You white are guy. a social justice warrior. <laughs> that's what I said. That's what I said. And and by the way, that was my argument with the lawyers to Amazon of like, hey. In my case, when you ban this, you totally just judged a book literally by its cover. Read the scene that everybody is supposedly fucking reporting this over, and then you get back to me on that. And they were... To say stunned was an understatement. Um, they were shocked, but it was also nothing you know, racially motivated, so they didn't really have a choice but to push it through. No, it was racially motivated. It's just reverse racial. Reverse motivated. racial, correct. So it's, 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 a black, it's a black on white crime in this. And uh, look, and he, the white man enjoyed every single bit of it. So I, it, everybody won in that situation. I don't know everybody what Everybody wins. Yeah. Everybody, everybody wins. wins. And then he goes on. My favorite part is he goes on. St. James goes on. He's like, man, I got to check in with H-tubs. <laughs> you know she was sweet she's got the shelf thing and i could check in with the h-tubs yeah. <laughs> just giving her giving her a hyphen and nickname yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They, i mean they all do like there's there's so many hidden references in there you're like oh what the fuck is this um but I, hey so, by the way jason to this point uh currently on audible that this when darkness falls doesn't catch it is the number one ranked book on all of audible the highest rating wow, there is four point nine nine. So, yeah, <laughs> wow, amazing, <laughs> amazing. Rewriting an industry, Ross Patterson, yeah, Harriet to. Tubman, trying to. <laughs> so uh, the big, the big question for readers is: Did you model St. James Street James? Am I saying it right, St. James Street James? Oh yeah. After, after yourself, is that? I mean, he is it just a lightly, it. lightly fictionalized version of Ross Patterson? Lightly fictionalized. Is that what we're hearing? It's who I wish I, I, I could be if I if I lived in that era um you know during the 1840s 1860s like wild west civil war type shit yeah like that that's definitely who I, I would have been that would have what been we're awesome really, what we're really so, asking we ask it we're really wondering about the nine inches oh yeah yeah well the nine inches is a given obviously um that's eight that's eight flaccid and I grabbed that extra inch hard um you know you 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 trim off some pubes you're gonna find another half inch under there but uh <laughs> <laughs> that's who I am as a man and uh and I also shave up, you know? I shave up uh, probably twice a year. So I don't get the I don't let the pubes go too. I go shorn twice a year. I sh- I shave it up. <laughs> so and it, we we took a page from from you Ross when we wrote Black Autumn and we actually we we took a took a shot and just and put um characters like Jeff Kirkham who's a 29-year Green Beret and into the book um yours truly we put a uh, uh, evans in the book uh matt best jt taylor you know we've got all these guys and we just fictionalized we took the took real people and said where, where, where are these guys going to show up and there's a lot of funny stuff that goes down but then there's a lot of serious stuff too because it is you know after all the apocalypse sure <laughs> sure uh let me ask you about the writing process tell, tell the readers at home or the listeners at home how hard it is to write a fucking book Oh my god. It's really hard. <laughs> it's insane, right? Like everybody everybody yeah. looks at celebrities like Snooky, for example, uh, or Charlemagne the God. Uh, that guy, that fucking guy on Breakfast Club is like, "Oh, well they're they're number one best-selling New York Times authors." They didn't write that shit. There was a fucking ghostwriter who came in and did it. 
you guys sitting down and actually writing it, how difficult was it? Four years, four years. We ended up four pretty years. much married. Um, and yeah. Jeff snores. And uh, we ended <laughs> Loudly. up. Loudly. Yeah, we ended up like in bed together. So many rewrites. I don't know. I mean, I think A we were in 20, rewrites. 25 rewrites. We had four different editors go through it. Yeah. Um, how about how about you, boss? How long? How long? Um, yeah, how uh, long did yours take? Yeah, did it? I'm an anomaly. Like, I I don't really count because I I write professionally. Like, you know, Um, so, and this is is not even to be an asshole. Like, I I have it timed down to a page count every single day. So, as long as I hit that page count, I I can tell you when I'm going to finish projects. So, uh, when Darkness Falls took me 60 days total. Um, Oh, my God. But the the rewrite process of it was probably another 20. and then, uh, you know, you go through these spell checks, which are just fucking endless because that's the last thing you want to hear is you what know, is your what's your what's your page goal a day for writing? Uh, so writing uh, novels or books is is uh, anywhere from five to ten. If I'm writing screenplays, mm. it's eight to twelve a day. Five to ten. What's to 12. do you know your word count for for when darkness falls? Yeah, they, they usually range right around sixty five thousand words uh Per book, that's about what you can get away with for you know books of of comedic fiction somewhere in there. You don't want to go too long where and, and I I feel the same way and so does Jared about comedic movies where I, I don't think you should go past ninety minutes for a comedic movie. Yeah, we're running we're running one twenty to one thirty thousand words, so we've got that going for us. We uh, but it's a thriller. Our book's a thriller, so you know page turner kind of. Fiction about the apocalypse. Yeah, other and things that just keep happening. Other things. That keep yeah. Happening. Well, it, look. If you're not, if it's not a straight comedy where you're trying to keep the audience laughing on every single page, that then that that word count is is uh, where it should be. I mean, you know, uh, Penguin or somebody like that would probably come in and knock it down to a hundred thousand. But uh, that's about it. So you're you're in that wheelhouse. Like that's a that's a good range for something like that for sure. So in the third one, can Ross die of something super just super fucked up? Like like. He gets leprosy on the dick. Gangrene of the last three inches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he has to keep it's cutting like, it off. He has to keep cutting more off. Yes. But he's the only one that can do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God. <laughs> Could you imagine if you had to cut off your own dick inch by inch just as time went on? Like, oh, you don't want to take too much. Or you want to get all like, the gangrene, but you don't want to take too like much. once a year. <laughs> well, as a, as a man, too, you sit there and you're like, yo, man, I should probably keep like two or three inches left of this dick in case it might work one day you know <laughs> it's a it's a very difficult decision like twice a week that you have to make that so <laughs> yeah all you have all you have is uh you don't even have like an axe or a saw or anything it's just kind of like a cheese grater oh god <laughs> that's horrible <laughs> that's horrible a file i mean yeah i mean, I mean jason to put this in a in perspective for you like i won't even get a vasectomy just in case i might like it's 70 want to drop a child in somebody you know <laughs> that's very that's very saint james of you yeah look i think i think my wife will pass on at some point i'll still be alive and i want that option like mick jagger you know he just had a baby at 75 and he knocked up this 28 year old ballerina and it's like i want that option on the table that i could knock up a brazilian and then have this kid living in the fucking jungle somewhere you know being awesome <laughs> Well, and yeah, and then and then later, if as you continue to live to be 186 years old, you might end up might not saying will, but might end up having sex on the coffin of your son. Yeah, exactly, and that that's what I I want that option left on the table. We won't say with whom. Yeah, we won't because it's spoiler alert. But uh, you know, maybe you will. Maybe 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 it just you know it it will go backwards once we reach a certain point. So you could have one of your kids completely dipped in gold and killed. Oh boy! Look, look, we'll see. Time will tell. You never know in this life. Uh, but you know, <laughs> if one of your, so my my wife, who's literally the exact opposite um, ethically and creatively as Ross Patterson, <laughs> she saw the book. She sees the book on my desk, and she's like, "What is that?" I'm like, "It's Ross's book." And she like rolls her eyes. I'm like, "Hold on, let me read the prologue." And I read the prologue to her, and it's, it's super short. And it's like it's like St. James. You're gonna get us grounded from your house again. I know. Like, get every you. time Jason gets. <laughs> Like, like, hey, 
They're grounded for a year. They're not allowed up here for a year. Yeah, and Ross is like on a two-year program. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't even catch the part where you smashed and you were doing stand-up comedy. Um, so I read it to her. I read her the prologue, uh, and she says, okay, that's badass. <laughs> yeah, right? That's what I absolutely, said. Absolutely hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, I, oh. I I love those books, and and they're gonna keep continuing. So they'll 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 be coming out for a while, and they keep crushing. It's one yeah, of those. Where things, do you go next? World War One? Uh, yes. No, no, no. I'm sorry. We skip over World War One, and, and it goes to the 20s. So it, it goes into uh, Prohibition, and then into World War Two. So that's that's the third one. Because <laughs> let's face it, nothing would make St. James Street James angrier than Prohibition in, in this world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, but mm. I think I think World War II should be its own book itself. Now wait, is St. James? Is there any chance? I know he's promised to blow his brains out as soon as he gets to a certain part. Yep. Is there any chance that we can just pull him into the future, into a dystopian world that hasn't happened yet, and then we get to say see St. James? Street James repopulate the human race. No, oh, no. You know what? He, he dies. He, he definitely dies. And I know the exact date that it's going to happen because a lot of people have hit me up and saying, hey, man, is that real? Like, is the character going to kill himself exactly like he said? And I said, yes. Um, and I know the exact date he's going to die on. And that's going to be the end of that series. But then One, time travel. Then time yeah, travel. Yeah, but what right? if he wakes up in a, in a, in a, in a, in an, an afterlife alter, and now an, he has to repopulate? An alternate reality. reality. Yeah. That would be very matrixy, and uh, I don't, yeah, I don't do it. I, like, I'll, I'll just write something else. <laughs> what? Oh. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll write something else. But but I can tell you this. It's going. I really want to see St. James Street James in space. I, in space. So right, would in, I, yeah. I would like to see Machete in space. <laughs> Colin but Ron Rodriguez wouldn't let me do it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> be like be like uh the moon men with edgar rice burroughs oh yeah yeah who's your favorite authors by the way so what inspired you guys coming up i like raw doll <laughs> Roll doll. <yeah. laughs> oh i thought you were talking classic to classic <laughs> classic raw doll i'm just stunned that jt's read your first book i mean when he like <laughs> threw down the whole dipped in gold thing i'm like no shit jt reads yeah <laughs> oh shit yeah we probably listen to it on audible but whatever I'll, either i'm one. like i'm like They're jt i wrote your parts your radio show parts in black autumn and uh, you totally gotta you have to sign off on these he's like yeah i skimmed them skimmed them. yeah i'm like it's you I'm, I'm like putting words in your mouth you say literally this is jt welcome to the apocalypse i am the alcoholic of the apocalypse he's like, that's perfect he's like, <laughs> he's like, and then what you do to other dude's sisters and he's like no nah, no nah, it's all good it's all good you know, <laughs> the fact that he read your first book you should be swooning Ross. i am this I, is yeah, a high i'm honor. honored i'm honored who is your favorite author jason um you know uh right now i'm i'm wildly in love with william Forstian who uh, he wrote one second after he's an uh, out, you know, it's another kind of uh, post-apocalypse book. He's an outstanding author. Um, and then, uh, man, I've been stuck in the whole reading up everything there is on post-apocalyptic fiction for so long that I've been like locked into that. But uh, I read a lot of, I read, read a lot of historical fiction too. Ken Follett, Wilbur Smith. That's great. What, uh, what about you, Jeff? I'm a big fan of Malcolm Gladwell and mostly because of the type of books that he writes, you know, like Tipping Point and Blink uh, that he put together are actually small events that turn into big things. And that's really is the premise of how we wrote uh, Black Autumn, where it was a, a bunch of small events that by themselves wouldn't have really mattered to much. But taken as a whole, like the example that I like to explain is, at one thread would just simply snap before it dragged a ship down, but a whole bunch of threads woven together into a rope can drag that ship down to the depths. And so, you know, Malcolm Gladwell, he's a master of doing that with reality on um, where we've seen that happen in the past. And so that's really, that that's the formula that we use with Black Autumn. So definitely a big fan. I think, you know, it would be really fun right now. I think you guys should give Ross some scenarios and we just, without helping him, Oh. Let's see what he would do and where his thought process goes. Genius. All right. So, what's a, give us an example of the scenario you're talking about. Okay. So, y you know, any, anything like give him a location, what has happened, what does he have around him, and what, wh wh what's he going to do? All right. Trespassers. Uh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Ross Patterson, sure. 15. His AR-15 held in his hand, steely gaze, looking across the, the mountain pass. 
that's right above his family. He sees six trespassers. Two of them have obvious firearms. There's a deer. There's an, or let's say there's an elk between Ross and them. He can either pull the trigger. He can drop the trigger on the elk. And these six guys are going to come running to see what it was. He can, he can stealthily move away or he can get engage in a gunfight right off the bat on the perimeter, his family behind him. What does Ross Patterson do? Go. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? I can, I can tell you exactly what I do. I fucking yeah. kill that elk and then I, I turn the gun on one of those six trespassengers and say, look, if you and your friends want to make it out of here, you got to fuck this elk in front of your friend completely orgasm and look all of your fucking buddies in the eye so you never forget this goddamn day do you want them to live yes or no otherwise i'll kill all your friends and i'll let you leave the fucking forest that's what i want to see what a guy fuck is a fuck a dead elk in front of his buddies to completion with full orgasm to let his friends live or would he be like dude just kill my friends Dude, I think, it's so funny. It's so funny you bring that up because Jeff and I had that exact experience <laughs> with Evan Hafer. So, I'm, not even, not, I'm not even making this up. I, I mean, I wish I were. So, I mean, it's kind Wait, of this a classic. Is real? For real? No, I'm not cheating you in the slightest. We're, we're up in the mountains and um, we've got Chad Wade, Navy SEAL, you know, Evan Hafer there, uh, Jeff, myself, a couple other guys, and a bunch of elk come in. We all have tags. We shoot these elk. They're down. So then, you know, elk had never, or uh, Evan had never, had never field dressed an elk before. So we're over there on the elk and he's, I'm teach, telling him how to do it and walking him through it. And, you know, I, I, I'm like, okay, Evan, you got to, first thing you got to do is kind of get between the legs and, and you know, you got to kind of create tension with those legs you got to kind of lay them down hold them open and start with the knife you know right kind of where the junk meets the junk and and otherwise you know you're going to cut the guts and you're going to make a huge mess and so, no no dude you got to spread those legs wider no get your knees in there and hold it open <laughs> hold those up because the elk's laying on his back right she it's a cow and she's laying on her back and her legs are spread and 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 the elk's kind of going downhill evan's on the bottom he's I'm like don't 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 no you got to hold them open wider so otherwise you're going to poke the guts and make a huge mess and it'll smell like ass and okay, there you go. No, get in a little closer. All right. And by the time he's in, he's like completely up on this elk. Her legs are spread. She's on her back. And he's going in there and there with a knife. And I said, now just hold on a second. Let us get some pictures. And he's like, oh, oh you, got you bastard. He said, Dude, I was enlisted. I do whatever anybody tells me. And we have it on video. We've got like two guys filming it from two different angles while he like gets in on the, like, no, it's cool. We'll hold the legs for you, bro. You Chances for Congress, gone. Uh, we've got oh, right. no. when his con when evan hafer's confirmation <laughs> hearing comes yeah. up if i get a piece of video to show you yeah it, look it's one of those things after especially after the last couple of weeks that's going on with this with this kavanaugh shit does anyone want to do that anymore does anyone want to run imagine imagine evan because a lot of a lot of our audience members say the same thing uh hey for best 2024 let's let's do this let's get it on after watching what's been going down holy fuck i don't know that People would be outraged after 30 seconds of what they would be able to dig up. Yeah, but you know what? Like, I I, I want to get to the point where, uh, you know, I just admit it and say, well, I have the text messages from her and it's telling, you know, she's saying, I can't wait for you to get home and spit in my mouth. Like, <laughs> wow. Like, I want to prove it the other way. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, this girl's telling us that you did this. Yeah, well, here's the thing she sent me. <laughs> hey, we were talking about that yesterday about like it's like uh me and me and evan were trying to we're gonna look up the uh the statistic on how much growth uh what the the uh velocity is of population growth because he goes you start looking at that well it seems like 50 percent of one side of this species also wants to have sex too if we're doing this Probably. So it's like we're, we're, that, yeah. we're again just nailing one side, demonizing it, and then saying the other side is never responsible. I mean, God, I was going down the rabbit hole on Sean Whalen's uh, Facebook yesterday because he made a very distinct post that said uh, regretting a decision is not rape. And the amount of, of women and people that were saying it was <laughs> like waking up after a few drinks and regretting what you did is absolutely. I was like, Oh my God, this is out of control. 
Well, and, and we would call that a thread, right? When we're talking about how, how the world might end, we would call like this huge gender war at this point, at this moment in time, a, a, a part of the rope, part of the, oh, the yeah. that this weakens our dumb. society. And now hate, I'm, hate now politics. we're afraid to work together, you know, females and males for both. We're like, whoa, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can have a it secretary can't, can't in my be office. in the same room so, without Yeah, I mean, it's people. just super dangerous and, uh, we're just saying, oh, this weakens society. Now add five of those in a couple of big events, like even a small nuclear device or some really bad hurricanes and firestorms. Add it to a society that's already where trust is extremely low. We're very afraid of each other. We're afraid to even talk about we're, we're Evan on, and, and his elk abuse. Uh, uh, we're, elk abuse. we're on a knife edge, ready to jump at each other's throats at a very personal level. I mean, that's it's the recipe for for disaster just no, need well, one or two more tipping points and i keep saying social media has has not necessarily like i a lot of people that that voice these opinions when you really peel back the onion they don't think like that but they're doing it because they want attention online yeah because it, it becomes this fear of missing out when you're on facebook and you see the people that are the content creators that are getting thousands of comments and all this attention and then you see your friends from high school that are somewhat popular on the internet getting all these comments and all this attention like, and then you realize like every time you put something out nobody you know two people well, like it it's the perfect example of why pure democracies turn into mobocracies and ultimately eat themselves because the because the mob is so easily swayed by an opinion we call that going viral now that all of a sudden can you imagine if something went viral and the you know the quote unquote social media democracy voted in some horrific law and the reality is We've seen this before. We didn't have social media, but we've seen it before where pure democracies were voting in horrible things. And so it's like, uh, eh, no, nah, the system that we've got now is working pretty good as a, as a republic where we can slow things down and get people kind of thinking. But social media has certainly sped it up and it makes it makes it well, it makes all the it more vicious spread misinformation. Well, too. Absolutely. And, and an accusation just becomes a conviction like that's it overnight. Yeah. Oh, well, I, we were talking about that. Uh, Evan made a joke on a show a couple, a couple episodes ago about, you know, uh, sitting, sitting at a restaurant and, and listening until you heard, uh, you know, a, a couple near you, you heard what his name was. And then you send, you know, your girl over and she just walks up and goes, don't worry, Tom, I got rid of it. And she walks away. Now, he'll never recover from that. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter how much he tries, you know, even though he was absolutely innocent and somebody was, somebody was playing a joke on them, is his wife ever going to trust him again? Ever? No. No. Exactly. Well, in, in exactly. There's no recovering from it. And, it. and that's how easy it is. And Kavanaugh will never recover from this. No, never. Ne no matter what happens, yep. no matter pointed, confirmed, but, but he's I, but never going to. But I think we can assure, though, too, is if he does, if he does get um, put into the Supreme Court, we're going to have a rock of conservative, um, slow-thinking, meticulous uh, person that that's going to be in there because now he's experienced. I mean, think. Well, I guess that's what they, they never think about on the backside backlash is going to happen is because he'll probably get into the Supreme Court. And so now all of a sudden it's like, hey, you guys, you have a dyed in the wool enemy that hates you now for what you did to his life. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Have fun. Have fun with that. Good oh, luck. And I mean, we will probably see some because I, I've been voicing how much there is no uh, backlash to the accuser. So I, I had experienced it with a buddy, you know, uh, and it was it, too two adults that were that were hooking up on the side and but they were both they were both in the military uh and uh they were married and when they got caught because one was married to military the military person was pushing for his, his spouse to get in trouble through the military and as soon as that happened and he was he was pushing for divorce custody and her to receive punishment now all of a sudden it wasn't consensual anymore and it spread over, over, over 18 months. And when it came down to about to go to trial, she backed out, said that she made it all up because she was afraid to get in trouble and everything like that. But was she prosecuted? No, no punishment to her. And they still, they still pushed this guy out because, because 
there was an accusation. <laughs> so Jesus, it's like, think man. About that. Well, yeah. I, th- I think you, you know. I think we're gonna we're gonna see. There's laws on the books about falsely accusing somebody, and it's just never it's just never prosecuted. But I mean, it just happened for the first time recently, didn't it? <laughs> like uh, with a football player, false or, accusations. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the uh, yeah. The guy young, spent nine years in jail, uh-huh. and they mm. they went back and DNA and put the girl in in jail that uh, made it all up. Oh, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, it was like within the last like two or three months. Even if it, even if it's only, I mean, the little the little meme you see on Facebook is like ten guys, uh, and they all, they're all guys for some reason get convicted of rape, and when two are falsely accused that was that's like the big meme the infographic that's everywhere like wow that's actually quite a bit that's like two two guys get falsely accused now now they're also saying that a thousand women are assaulted and i don't know how they get to that i mean they're both crimes well this was this was an argument that i was having with a guy this morning inside a drinking bros group is you know he threw out the fact one in four women in the military are sexually assaulted in their career one in four report but they never redact that statistic when it comes out that they were that they were made up and that's that statistic is huge because really like within the last uh about 4 or 5 years it just you know they started changing the way reporting was because they started seeing a pattern as soon as as soon as you know uh a girl wanted to get out of deployment or wanted to get out of trouble or things like that all of a sudden all these all these reports started coming up, so they changed the system in the last five years on how it's it's, it's likened unto the British when they were saying that their crime rates were so low in London, and then somebody started looking at the way that they were reporting, and I'll probably <laughs> and I'll probably get in trouble. I for know saying exactly this, but, what you're talking but about. The, though, but the were... British were like, "Yeah, we have super low crime rates." Well, then they found out where if there was a rash of robberies on in a hotel or in a uh, an apartment flat, they counted as one. If there were a rash of muggings on a certain city block, they counted as one. <laughs> yeah. So they were skewing the statistics. Yeah. And so that's, I guess that's kind of the problem. It's like, let's make sure that the information that we're getting in the world of, of uh, f- so much false BS information, let's make sure the information we're getting is actually accurate and the way that we're reading it is accurate. Well, and in, in, if you look at the Department of Justice statistics, the, we, the sexual assault has gone down since like 1990 significantly i mean it's uh, well all crime has well bill um, clinton's not in office anymore so and so that that took it down a huge <laughs> notch right there um so now we're looking we're this is working you know we're it, it, zero um sexual assault would be ideal um but it's working so and we've been working together now what happens when we don't work together well here's the yeah. well this it, is going to show you right now is Look at uh ross you can can you give me the details uh sure. specifically on this you know it just with with the Kavanaugh thing, we're talking about something that happened 30 plus years ago while they were, what, 20 years old, 22 no, years old? No, 15 and yeah. 17. Okay. And, and, and the amount of public outrage and opinion and everything that we see right now. But when Bill Clinton and the Monica Lewinsky thing happened, like it was over. Everybody stopped talking about it in what? <laughs> A few months? And all of a sudden it was like... And that was something that actually happened well, like, he, yeah, in real time. I, he, like, hey, he, this he, happened yesterday. <laughs> look, uh, Clinton ended up getting impeached for it. Um, nothing ever happened, obviously, with that. Uh, with, with this thing, I, I think this poor, is my personal opinion, that this poor bastard just got caught in the middle of you know, the most politically divided time in our nation. And it, they don't really give a fuck about him or his goddamn family. And they're they're grasping at straws here for this shit. Uh, that, that woman, I, she, none of the witnesses have corroborated her story so far. Like it's so fucking bizarre and off the rails at this point that I just want to get go have a, have the vote and get it over with one way or the other. And um, I don't know what the FBI is going to do in four or five days. I mean, you you have more experience in that that world, Jared. Like, well, now now Jeff was talking. We were just talking about uh, yesterday the. Uh, your statistics on memory and things like that. Oh yeah. So, I mean, people under stress have horrible memories and it actually peaks at about 48 hours. So I was actually, I was a special agent with the DEA for, for a few years. And, and um, if we got into a shooting or an altercation like that, it was DEA policy. And we were actually leading the rest of the federal agencies back then in 2000, where it was, it was DEA policy. They would not speak to you for at least 
24 hours after the incident. And then FLIOA, who is kind of our representatives, would say, don't say anything unless it's at least 48 hours, and then don't say anything unless we're standing there. Because under stress, your memory actually sucks because we lose the frontal lobe processing and we go back to the primal brain. We start to remember a little bit better um, about 48 hours and then it actually starts dropping off again. And then we actually start reinventing our own reality. So it's like a lot of, you know, some of the soldiers that come back, they get in the spotlight and and guys in his unit are like, hey dude, I was there and that didn't happen like that. Well, all of a sudden memories start to shift and change to meet whatever, you know, the narrative might happen to be not saying that soldiers are liars or anything else. It's just that that's why we have to have evidence. We can't, we can't, um, we can't convict somebody solely off of word he said, word, she yeah. said. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, you know, I don't know. We're getting a super <laughs> tricky times these days, you know? Yeah, but it's like, what's next? What's in store in 2019? Like, and what happens when Kavanaugh's what? confirmed? I mean, are we going to implode again? I don't know. Uh, I, it's I only, it's only going to get worse. But it's also believe if, if, if you believe that everybody else is talking about this. I have a theory that every time one of these politically or racially divided topics comes up in our country, you know, Russia and other countries are flooding social media to, to get these things to trend, to get each other to, to tear each other apart on social media. And I don't know how much of it is real or not. Here's, yeah, you know, that's here's, interesting because that, that kind of plays into what we were saying before with, with these black swan events where it's, it's not so hard to imagine a hurricane. So imagine Katrina and, the, and all of the drain on resources. And then just so happens there's an earthquake that happens in California that starts wildfires. And then there's some Russian guy or some Chinese guy or some fat kid in his basement with his finger over the button that goes, man, I wonder what happened if I turned out all of the power in New York City City right now. Well, then we know the Russians can do that. They did that in Ukraine. And we know um, they can do that. years ago. And so that's why I say what you just said, Ross. Well, is is it the Russians and the Chinese that are pushing this narrative forward to weaken us as a country? That, that was the Russians' plan. I mean, if you go back 15, what is it, Ross, 15, 20 years ago, their plan, the, their, their original way back when KGB plan was to create division, racial division, gender division. Propaganda. There's a fascinating interview uh, from the 80s of a KGB agent that um, defected. He was in the India, in the India embassy for the Russians back then. And uh, it's fascinating. And he's like, you Americans think that being a spy in the KGB is like being James Bond. He's like, you have no idea what you're talking about. 85% of the KGB budget was towards propaganda. Well, again, it's like that. What I, what I was going to bring up is I constantly see these videos of people being accosted for wearing a mega shirt or a hat or every, anything like that. Yet I've traveled around everywhere around the country in the last two years wearing the Make Coffee Great Again shirt, which if you look at it, it looks like a mega shirt. I wear a gun on my shirt every single day. No one has ever said anything to me. <laughs> so it's like, where are all these people that are just rolling up and accosting people? Like if they see them wearing something or anything like that. I, so I have had that happen one time. Yeah. I, but yeah. But it was a Canadian. So I'm not sure if that counts, but I was wearing a hat that had a skull embroidered on it, much like the hat that I'm wearing right now, but had a skull embroidered on it. And I walked past this older couple and I heard the, uh, the older gal go, that is sick. And her husband goes, He's an American, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, they mu- yes, they, I they am. Just, they had just received their check from George Soros, so they were, <laughs> yeah, exactly. they were on the job. They were on the job. There's one. Get him. That's that's what Jared needs. He needs a, a, a Soros in his life to fund all of this I do. shit. I do. I just meet. We, we would be the best pals. Ever. Hey, I would have I would talk him into building us a fucking sweet like what would you like, call that war? What what would you call it? Oh, I mean, well, I'm really diving in on our command center right now. Like I just want yeah. I want to have our our command center and everything where where we come up with the next idea and we would just troll the entire country. Well, now if Ross be, has got Amazon the, the great on board troll now. wars. The Ross troll has already wars. got Amazon on board. You should be able to get George Soros on board. 
I mean, uh, you should get a hit. You know, you could talk him into it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, look, the other thing, Jared, that I don't think you're also thinking about is, um, you know, you you stayed in L.A. A, lo- a very long time with me, in particular for Range 15. All of those billboards that are on Sunset Strip, that's all. We can take all, them all. Yes, and all of Hollywood has to drive through them every single day. If every single one of those was a Make America Great billboard with nothing else on it, I don't know why Trump has enough money to do that. Why doesn't he just do that just to annoy them? Oh my God, it would be great. <laughs> They'd set fires because look, look at what they did to his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I know it's been I destroyed know. over and over again. People would yeah, try to burn the Yeah, but did you see the guy that went out down. with the vinyl stickers and just replaced everybody's star with Trump's? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. So nobody it's, knew where the real star was. It was a the fucking tr- hunt. It's the troll wars. Yeah, called exactly. it. It's the, the troll, great wars. troll wars. The great troll wars. I think this is what this is right now. I think we're living in that the the great troll wars era. Uh, yes, because everything is decided to- on social media these days. Most people don't talk about this shit in real life, and I, and I don't know because Jason, you've some pretty awesome din- dinner parties at your house. Do people sit down and come over and talk to you about politics? Nobody talks about it to me to my face, but they'll talk about it online. Right, right. No, we're we're complete beasts online. By the way, who got the trademark on the Great Troll Wars? Was I, it Jeff? No, Did you that, TM no, that, that, no that was that, that's that Jared. Jared. I, I said TM first. <laughs> oh, okay, you got the it. Great, great, great Troll Wars. Wars. Yeah, no, we're we've just we turned into. I just had a friend, a really good friend, who is an abs- absolute liberal beast online. I mean, he will he will go at you like 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 he's on fire online. Um, you know, tell you to f off and to burn. You know, you hope you die in a fire. And 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 uh, then he came over and um, we we went out and made jam because you know I jam. We we've established this, Ross. I yeah. Like to make jam. <laughs> so we go out and make jam together. The coolest guy ever. You know, he's super super chill. We have the exact same conversation and it's super mellow. We find tons of middle ground. That's, that's but online, it's about a flame fest. That's because face to face, if you act like that, you'll get punched in the mouth. Well, among men, among yeah. men, yes, yeah. among men, guys just throw their hands up in the air with women, and they're like, "Okay, you win." Dude, I've never out. been so glad as this last you week win. that women that Wait, that oh. women can't women can't typically. I want you to tell Ross about about what we were talking about the other night. Your th- your theory about the f- the five wants. No way, I'm not going on record for that, dude. Just stop right there. <laughs> stop that was right my there. J- no, we're not having that. Jason may want to later, but I won't accredit you for no, it. No, no way. I won't accredit you. For I heard it. a guy named, yeah. named Matt Best. <laughs> These were so good. Thing. These were so good. Though. Okay, here's the theory, Ross. We only have a few minutes, but here's the theory. If you go back over time, this is what Matt Best said. This is not my theory, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you go back over time, you look at the you look at the median age of human beings. It's roughly go back three thousand years. The median age of human beings are probably twenty five years old. So if you take if you have a twenty five year old man, average man for the last three thousand years, and twenty five year old woman for the last three thousand years, write the li- their top five wants at twenty five year old. What do you want? Write a list. What are your top five? Of course, the dude's number one. He's going to want to get laid a lot by a lot of different people. He's going to start with get laid lots. He's going to move on to, I want to, I want to be a, a hero. He wants to have adventure. He wants to get smashed. You know, he wants to gamble, right? There, you know, like make a family is way down on the list for a 25-year-old. Yes. Over here on the female side, number one, yeah. I want to have children. Um, number two, I want my children to be secure. I want, the, I want, I want, I want brood, a home. I want a home. I want food. I want food security, brood security. Um, you know, the guys over here want to be a hero. She wants to be a hero to her kids. I'm not saying that's the wrong thing. But then ask the question through the 3,000 years of human recorded human history right now, where has most of the money gone? To his top five or to her top five? So, like, look at any given family. <laughs> how, what percentage goes to the dude's top five at 25 years old when they're married? He's, like, lucky to get 5%. He's lucky to get 5%? 5%? You get 1%, maybe. <laughs> I'm saying lucky yeah. to take, like, take 5% and go gambling with the boys and blow it and go have adventures and shoot stuff. And, and over here, 95% goes. Now, and I'm not saying uh, we're all better off. We're all better off that 95% goes because, you know, I mean, how, how, sma- how much gambling can you do? How much can you get smashed? But the, the, but the question is, um, who has gotten what they want the most if you just measure the family budget for the last 3,000 years? That's what Matt Best said. That was Matt, what Matt Best suggested is where we ought to start how out. How funny with. is that? Who is dominant? 
Who is actually <laughs> dominant? Who's in this really world? running this place? <laughs> who's really running this place? Females or males? You look at every religion, every religion, including Islam. If you actually look at it, Matt Best said. <laughs> actually favors the top five of women favors the the top five priorities of women and um and you know the guys kind of look around and go oh yeah okay yeah i guess that's how we'll spend the money yeah uh, I, I, guess, I was gonna buy a new gun but i guess i'll go we'll to church because that's where all the chicks we were are. gonna build this ramp <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, no no we're gonna jump this car we're gonna jump this car honey and she's like uh no we're not we're gonna remodel the kitchen <laughs> matt yeah. best said matt yeah. best suggested. what do you think what do you think Man, oh boy! About Matt Best's idea, Come yeah, on. yeah. What do you think? Put a pin in the ground, Ross. I love it. Um. <laughs> 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 Not that that's a huge shock, obviously, but uh, yeah. I, where is Matt, by the way? Because I wish he was here to to de- defend his own story. He's, Matt he's Best, where is Matt Best? At? He's in a board. He's such meeting. a misogynist, that Matt Best. He's like <laughs> coming up with these theories about. How women are dominant. He's, yeah, you gotta. You well, gotta, look. Sometimes I, you just gotta stop him before he hurts himself. I, I, I think this, like, <laughs> everything guys do on this planet is for women. Um, now, gay dudes have the real power because they don't have to. So it's just like, fuck it. <laughs> they, they control whatever yeah. they want to yeah. do. Those are two fives that match. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> whereas, like, whereas you could probably like, trace back. Yes. You know, man. Yes, we're going to that restaurant. Yes. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> no, but, it actually doesn't work out that way with gay dudes, actually, as we know. They're like, yeah. But for, for men, yeah. I think everything we've done in the history of, of, of you know, mankind has been to impress women. Even starting a fire. Wasn't to keep ourselves warm so we could get pussies so that the girls would be warm enough that we could fuck them. Like, that's it. See what I did? See what I did? Yeah, exactly. It's magic. Exactly. Yeah, but then on day two, like, it's, you got to do something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, it yeah, only yeah, goes yeah. so far. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying the dudes, uh, Matt Best is just saying that the dudes' top five, they're shit. Yeah, but that's still what the guy wants. You know, they're, they're cra- it's a shitty top five, but the. You know, I'm not saying it's the better top five or Matt Best is the same. <laughs> I like if we just keep saying his name, maybe he'll appear. <laughs> it's like he's yeah, Tinkerbell. He's going to be pissed. Yeah if, you, yeah, if you look at your reflection in a bolt carrier group and say Matt Best 14 times, he'll appear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of like the Bloody Mary, yeah, yeah instead it's Matt. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, well, we're, we're at the point of the drinking bro of the week. Um, Jason, we're going to give this to you. Is there anybody that uh, has inspired you that you'd like to give Drinking Bro of the Week to? Oh, Drinking Bro of the Week. Drinking Bro of the Week. Let's see. You know, um, let's see, Jeff. What do you got? Drinking Bro of the Week. I'm going back. Who are the big? Who are the big heroes? Who's cool? Who's cool? Who is the one you know, person who inspired it, you to write Black Autumn? Like, in, there's the got to be I'm, one author overall. Oh, I'm just like, yo, oh, who oh, was oh. that? Okay. In the spirit of the Troll Wars, I was thinking you could we could nominate Amazon as the as the drink. No, we're, we're, we're trying their to their get a deal explode. done. With, we're like half of us on this podcast <laughs> trying to get a deal done with Amazon, and, 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 and more if you add Matt, Matt Best. So we're not even going to say Amazon. Drinking Bro of the Week, you know, um, you know, I, I'm a. Uh, you do a lot of charitable works. You 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 graciously uh, donate your time and energy to other places. Okay, there's got to okay. be there's got to be someone no out there answer. who is inspiring no to you. Wrong answer. All right, all right. So here's here's my suggestion for drinking bro of the week. Um, let's see. So he is the man. He is the man who turned around Rwanda after the genocide. So take Rwanda, remember the genocide, like half of Rwanda just pretty much did their best to kill the other half of Rwanda. And uh, this guy went in after that and became bros with the president, the new president of Rwanda, Paul Kagame. And over the next over the next 10 years to get working together, these two guys, this guy was an ex-businessman. He'd made, he'd probably fund your blimp dude in an earlier age because he's like in his 70s now but he went in and worked and they 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 added 12 points to the gdp of rwanda turned that around brought in tons of american pastors businessmen and whatnot to turn rwanda around his name's joe ritchie he's a total iconoclast awesome. um he is a, a serious bro i i think we also give it to drinking bros main group last night because we went live in it oh yeah working on the brainstorm for jason's th- and jeff's third book uh we were trying to come up with a place that the president would go during this whole collapse. During apocalypse. Where yeah. would the president put down Once when it was he had clear? no more aircraft or, you know, that, that could. 
He's like, I got to build little house on the prairie. Yeah. With Where does you know my staff. Go? Where do I put down Air Force One? And the Drinking Bros group was the one that helped us decide that. Yeah, yeah. big score. What yeah, was the we'll answer? We'll put that in the next book. Great brainstorming session. What was it? Yeah. What was the answer? We got we had the bulk of them. We had like three answers, and all three of them are going to go into the book. Actually, one is Mountain Home, Idaho. One is Colorado Springs, Colorado, and the other was Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. So these are like the safest, best places to for the for the president to survive the winter and yeah. rebuild society. And now Drinking Bros has helped. You know contribute to the third book the third book yeah that's awesome and at, is there an audible version of it it is coming out very soon but now you've screwed us up by saying we should have recorded our own audible so now we're like oh no what do we do no it comes out any day your book yeah we go back and read you can read with your eyes it works drink it bros you can read with your eyeballs it doesn't burn uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we uh, yeah the audible uh, the bottle audible is out any moment. We got we've got hardback Kindle and uh, out right now Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and um, yeah, and you guys broke we uh, you guys broke Amazon yesterday, so we yeah. need like another day to because it, it went uh, went it. oversold. Yeah, and so, something uh, that'll really help us out too is when you buy the book, leave a review for us. Leave a review because yeah. that'll. Yeah, by the time you hear the show, we'll have if plenty of books probably if audible. If you can prove that you left a review with a screenshot and send it to the Ready Man Facebook page, they'll give you a discount code. Give you a discount. We'll ah. send you something awesome. <laughs> Actually, we will send you something awesome. Oh, now you're getting we'll a free send, prize. We'll if you, you get the awesome. book and leave a review, you're getting a free prize, free prize. If you send the screenshot to the Ready Man Facebook That's page. That's right. We'll we'll ship it to you at our cost. Something yeah. oh, super totally badass. free. We're not even gonna we're not even gonna hit you with the shipping. That's awesome. Wow. I like that a lot. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, go out and buy Black Autumn, which is available now on Amazon by Jeff Kirkham and Jason Ross. Thanks, guys, for being on the show. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And thank Matt Best for his uh, philosophical his, his, his contributions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 we will. We will. For, for Jared Taylor, Matt Best. Matt Best, Matt Best, and Ross Patterson. And Matt Best <laughs> says, good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>